0: Welcome to Beauty Uncut the Podcast. I'm Kayla. And I'm Ian. And we're here to bring a new perspective to beauty, health and wellness. Well, welcome back to another episode, Ian.
1: Welcome. I'm just looking forward to whatever topic TikTok has brought us today.
0: This, this one's actually going to make you angry. Really? For two reasons. Okay. One, I found it on TikTok. Two, I it's non-surgical breast lifts.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that in itself is not going to make me angry. Oh. but We'll see. We'll see. You'll see. Some yes. of it might.
0: So... On this TikTok I was watching, it was basically saying there are so many different non-surgical options you can do to get a breast lift. One of them, actually, I won't start with this one because I feel like we can go into mm. this because it's not such a breast lift, it's more like volume. Yeah. But then as I was researching, one of the popular ones that came up was PRP Okay. for breast lifting. Okay. Never in my life would I think PRP could lift a boob.
1: No, well, I don't think most of the non-surgical methods are that effective. And so you have to actually think about the lifting the breast or lifting the nipple, because the whole thing about breast lifting is you're trying to accomplish two things, lifting the nipple and tightening the breast envelope. And so you can accomplish either of those things with non-surgical methods. That's great. But most of them, you know, like PRP, I put that in the same category as like Sculptra. People were using that other bio remodelers or biostimulators to lift the breast. And all they're doing really is trying to induce more collagen formation and you lift a little bit of that skin, but in no, way are you, are you in, in no way are you getting an effective breast lift, unless you're trying to lift that nipple a couple of millimeters.
0: couple of millimeters. I don't even know if you would get that out of some PRP. And if you do, then give that to me in my face.
1: Yeah. The other thing is depending on the volume they're injecting, you get that instant volume effect. Which so, helps
0: to tighten the area. Yeah. And so you get that initial tightening. Exactly. And then what, a month later, it, it just goes, goes back down.
1: Not even not even a month.
0: How many treatments, if you were going to do PRP for breast lifting, how many would you typically need to do? A thousand. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, I would never even consider it because I think it would be so many to get people to a place where they were happy with that result.
0: Yeah. As I was like Googling the PRP for mm. breast lifting, I was on this website and this doctor was like talking about the non-surgical breast lift and yeah. then had a before and after of a surgical <laughs> breast lift. And I'm like, that is false advertising.
1: Yeah, that's, um, that is pretty infuriating when you see stuff like that. And, and then, you know, was there even any fine print saying that this was a surgical there breast was lift?
0: A, There was a very, very fine print, yeah. but like at first I said to, you know, I was like, oh my God, this is a non-surgical th- um, breast lift. I can see the scars. And then I saw the, um, yeah. little baby font. But who's going to read that? Nobody reads. Exactly,
1: And I think the, the th- people, because you're in the industry, you're going to look at and scrutinize those sorts of things. Someone, you know, the general person is not going to look at that and, and they're going to think, wow, that's the result I can get from a non-surgical breast lift. And they're going to go try it and it's not going to work. And,
0: and the amount of money that you would need to spend hmm. to even see maybe a little baby fraction of the result of a surgical breast lift yeah. would probably be the exact same cost of a surgical breast lift, if yeah, not probably. more.
1: Probably, and yeah. I don't think the result would be as good.
0: Nowhere near as good. Next one, and this is really popular, mm. is microneedling RF for breast lifting. Okay. I find this so bizarre because we do a lot of microneedling RFs mm. in our clinics, and I've now seen a lot of other clinics start using it to say it lifts the breasts. Yeah. Never once have we in our clinic in the two years that I've been here – have we ever said it was for breast lifting?
1: No, because it's not. I want you to tell me in your own words and your own understanding, what does RF microneedling do in just in general?
0: So microneedling RF helps to stimulate collagen and elastin, helps to revise and remodel scar tissue, but it's basically collagen stimulating.
1: Exactly, exactly. So again, that's gonna go into that collagen stimulation basket. You're gonna get a little bit of skin tightness, even for the face, you know, I say this all the time, it's not your primary tightening
0: Treatment. Tool, yeah. Yeah. They're doing it like over the decolletage and then the upper boob expecting to get that lift. And I agree with you that you'll get that inflammation. And, you know, mm. when you get swollen, everything looks yeah. tighter and looks better. Yeah. But I just can't see it lifting the breast. And I think it's such a misleading thing.
1: Yeah. It's not a lasting, lasting treatment for no. that.
0: And that, again, if you're doing, you'd probably need, we say a minimum of four treatments for any of those mm. micro-needling devices. But for a lift, I reckon you would need at least 10, which again, is basically the exact same price as a surgical breast lift. Sure, you're not getting the scars, but you're also not getting a result.
1: And it also takes almost a year.
0: Yes. And (laughs) it's painful. Yeah. Well, good pain is beauty. It's fine. But it is Uh, painful.
1: Yeah. There are better ways.
0: Much better ways. Okay. Another one, which is thread lifting, threads for lifting. Yep. So this one I can kind of see, because mm-hmm. you know if you use the, is it the long threads?
1: Yep, the long barbed threads.
0: You know, long barbed threads. Like you see that lift in the lower jowls and things like that. So I could see it working for the breast. But then I'm like, is that tissue way too heavy for those threads that it's going to not work? What are your thoughts?
1: Well, this is actually the only non-surgical method that I would lend any weight to. Yeah. And because I think threads have a, the capability of taking on some of that structural support, you do have to anchor them. And so you anchor them to fascia. So some tissue deep down that's not gonna stretch Mm -hmm. because if you just anchor them to the skin, that skin's gonna stretch with the weight of the breast. So what you're doing with the threads is actually trying to recreate the function of the Cooper's ligaments. And so Cooper's ligaments are suspensory ligaments within the breast. They basically bind the glandular tissue to the skin, to the muscles. And that's what holds a breast up in youth. And then as you age, you know, those ligaments stretch, they break. And with the thread lifting, you can somewhat recreate that. The problem is again, the skin envelope. So if you have too much skin, then it's got nowhere to go. You're going to get bunching. It's, not going to be as effective.
0: So you could do it for someone that has that mild ptosis, like mild laxity of the breasts, but you wouldn't do it to someone that needs that, like has those heavy tissue, like filled breasts. Exactly.
1: And it's the same for the face. You know, if a patient is suitable for a facelift, I'm not going to do threads on them because it's not going to be as effective. So again, a narrow demographic of who's going to get the best benefit out of it.
0: Right. Have you actually ever done a thread lifting on someone for breast lift?
1: Only for for nipple lift. Nipple lift only. Yeah, because I'm mainly, you know, with the surgical breast lift, I think that can fix most things. But if someone has a nipple that is a little bit tautic, it needs to move a couple of centimeters, I'll use threads.
0: And how often would you need to get the thread lifting procedure done? Is it just the once or do you need to get it done every year or every few years? Well,
1: the effect of the thread lift usually lasts around one and a half to two years. And so just depends on their rate of aging and their rate of skin laxity, if they're gaining or losing weight, all of that stuff is going to affect how long that effect lasts. So I would say they can expect a couple of years out of it and, you know, we'll go from there. They might need it again.
0: And what would be the price for something like that? Would it be a couple thousand?
1: Probably a couple thousand. Yeah. Depending on the clinic, I think I've seen with threads, it ranges so much what people charge, but, but in our clinic, And you can answer that question better than I I think it is a couple
0: thousand, yeah. So what about combining those procedures together? If you did like a surgical mastopexy, which is a breast lift, and, you know, as we age and we gain weight and lose weight, obviously that mastopexy can start to sag a little. Could you then, to get a few years more out of your masto, could you do some thread lifting to kind of put things back into place for a few more years?
1: Potentially. Again, it depends on what's happening after they've had their mastopexy if the nipple is drooping down then yeah for sure i'd say you can combine have a thread lift as your maintenance but if they have just heavy tissues the only way really to to solve that issue is just to remove
0: it okay and then the last one that i saw ems Mm -hmm. or like muscle stimulating for breast lifting yep So I think it's similar to, you know how when you go to the gym and you do a chest workout and it can kind of give you that more perky breast if you don't have too much laxity. I think it's kind of the same theory along that. Can EMS do like give you a breast lift?
1: That's, I, I can't say yes or no because without any qualifiers. So I would say there would be some benefit under certain circumstances. So one circumstance is that your Cooper's ligaments are intact. Because if you build that muscle and let's say you have your breast has started to sag because the ligaments have stretched or they've broken, you build that muscle, it's not going to do anything because it's not, it's got no rope
0: Mm. to pull.
1: But if the ligaments are intact, then yeah, you can get a little bit of a breast lift from it. But again, it's very, very minor. It's not something that I would prescribe to someone and say, this is going to fix your ptosis.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the biggest like take of this all is you may get the slightest bit of improvement but are you gonna be happy paying thousands of dollars for a minimal result?
1: Even in combining the treatments, like you know, we're all about multimodality and I think that fits in here as well. As I said, you've got to think about a few different things with breast lifting. You've got to think about the skin envelope. Mm -hmm. And so you look at the non-surgical treatments we have for skin tightening, and then you've got to think about dealing with the weight of that gland. And so you look at the non-surgical methods that can deal with the weight in my opinion, threads are the only ones that can deal with that weight. So you would combine threads with any of the other skin tightening. microneedling. Yeah, microneedling. If you want to do your biostimulators, you can do that as well. Any other method to deal with the skin laxity.
0: But then again, if you're combining all of those therapies together, it's probably the same price as a surgical breast lift. And I wouldn't even say it's even close to a fraction of the result that you would get with a surgical breast lift.
1: I think we did the the calculations once, and it worked out to be way more than it would probably would be
0: for sure. And then this isn't breast lifting, but I did not know that this is a thing: is putting filler in your boobs for more volume. all oh, right <laughs> I think this is the latest trend because I've seen it a lot with the bum. Yeah. You need a lot of filler. I yeah. think it's around. Is it a hundred mils?
1: Well, think about a hundred mils. If you had came for your breast augmentation, and I said. The maximum implant I can put in is a hundred mils. Would you be happy with that?
0: Does implants even come in a hundred cc? I I don't,
1: I don't
0: know. I actually think it's I around two hundred well, cc. Well no, I
1: know they've they've got a, like a 140. Oh, okay. But maybe a little lower, but but a hundred. I don't know if that's worth so it the cost to be of over the filler. 100 mils then. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I was seeing like this girl get her bum done and she was getting in like a hip tips, and it was like a hundred mm-hmm. mils per side. Yep. I was like thinking about the cost. I'm like, holy moly, that mm. would be like $30,000. Yep. I've seen US plastic surgeons mm. charge about 50 grand for a non-surgical butt lift. Yep. In the US, it was $2,000, which is about $20 per syringe. I'm like, what filler are they using that's mm. $20 per syringe? Yeah. That's crazy to me.
1: That is, that is, and
0: I don't know any filler in the markets that's even less than a couple hundred dollars. But if you
1: think about it, The principle is fine because it's very much like fat transfer, except Mm -hmm. you're using a different substance. But why would you use hyaluronic acid when it's just going to dissolve? You would be probably better off doing a fat transfer, unless, of course, the patient had no fat to transfer, which we've seen a lot of times in the clinic. We have patients who would benefit from fat transfer as part of their breast augmentation, but they just have no fat to take. And so, in those cases, if you're looking to treat minor contour deformities or or bulk out certain areas, you could use that filler. And filler. Help. Yeah.
0: Is there a risk to it? Like, it, like would is this like would you get necrosis or tissue? Well, no.
1: Like like any other anatomical area, yeah. if you inject into the vessels or you clue the vessels.
0: But is it a high risk area? Would you say, or not? Not as high risk as, 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 as the nose, or not as about?
1: high risk as nose? Not as high risk as the the glutes.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
1: Maybe I'll, um, get an unsurgical (laughs) lift.
0: $20 a syringe. Okay. Well, do you have any other myths or things that you've heard of? Yeah, well, while
1: we're talking about this, I didn't see this on TikTok, but I know. Do you have TikTok? I do. (laughs) There are a couple doctors that I've heard who are pushing liposuction as a method for breast lifting. And I've seen the before and afters and they're, they're impressive before and afters, but I think that maybe there are certain conditions that need to be met to get these sorts of results. And so first of all, the starting point, these women are quite large. They've got big, heavy, pendulous breasts with a lot of fat. If you have a large breast, which is mainly gland, liposuction is going to do nothing, first of all.
0: Right, because is that the, the gland isn't fat? Exactly. And you need to remove the gland to see a result?
1: Well, no, you need you need to remove the bulk. Okay. So you can't remove glandular tissue uh, via liposuction, not easily, anyway. Yeah. So if you have a large predominantly fatty breast and you liposuck it you're going to get a reduced volume whilst at the same time if you score under the skin during your technique you can get some skin tightening and retraction and it comes back to that inflammation and collagen stimulation it's just via a different method yeah but again this is certainly not something i would say this is a method that i would use
0: how does that lift the nipple though cuz a lot of the time if you have that heavy breast mm the nipples facing downwards, it's quite low. How are you lifting that breast up so that the nipples are back up to the top of the chest?
1: That's the other thing, the type of ptosis that you have. So what you've just described is a grade three where the nipples are pointing down. I wouldn't, I don't think that can be helped with liposuction at all. I think someone who has a pseudotosis, so the nipple is still front facing. There's predominantly breast tissue below it. I think that might be suitable. So it essentially looks like a normal breast, but it's just lower. Okay. And so those can potentially benefit from that skin tightening from that volume reduction. But if you're trying to reshape, and that's another part of breast lifting that people don't take into account is that you're not just lifting it, you're actually reshaping the tissue within. And so that's why I think a lot of the non-surgical methods are, are not useful.
0: Yeah. I think the biggest thing for people is the scarring and that's why they don't want the lift. Mm -hmm. And so I think in our next episode, we're going to talk about breast surgery scarring and how honestly, most of the time you can barely see the scar come six to 12 months later.
1: Yeah. The scars actually, they heal quite well. That vertical scar is the one that everyone worries about the most. And I'd say in most cases, that's the best looking scar at the end of it.
0: But there are so many treatments, so many things that you can do, like, you know, not going in sunbaking or not smoking that can actually really help your healing time.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of responsibility to be given to the patient post-op to look after the scars. And I think a lot of times with breast surgery, with any surgery really, but especially breast surgery, I think a lot of people think they're going to go in, get their procedure done, come out, and not have to worry about anything after that. And there really is a period where, your body's healing, you can craft that result to a certain degree and determine how it's going to go.
0: I agree. I think for the first, like at least six weeks, it's so important, but even up to the 12 months following surgery, mm. a bit, taking care of your incisions is going to give you the best result possible.
1: Yeah. So scar remodeling actually doesn't complete until about two years. So there's mm. a lot of time in there that you can uh, actually use to help that scar.
0: Well. Let's leave that for another yeah. episode. <laughs> all right. Are we done with what were we?
1: non-surgical breast yeah. lifting? I think so. Unless there's anything else that's come up on TikTok in the meantime.
0: No, not that I've seen. The biggest ones that I've seen is microneedling RF threads and now PRP, which is so random.
1: Can we just say a word about the video you showed me earlier, which was the PRP video mm. with all of the claims being made and... I would say almost a false enthusiasm, very salesy pitch by medical people. Yeah, And I said to Kayla when I saw this video that maybe it's good that we have all these regulations (laughs) in Australia, because I think if you can say anything you want, you really are opening yourself up for trouble. You're opening patients up for trouble and it's not good.
0: Yeah. As much as sometimes we hate the regulations Mm. and think they're or what I think they're a little bit strict. I think listening to that video, it did make me realize, wow, like th- these are why we do have the regulations.
1: I mean, yeah. In some areas, they certainly are very strict, but yes, that's another topic.
0: That's another topic. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this one up. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. All of the information will be in the description bar below and we'll see you in our next episode. Bye. Bye.